Welcome to the Campus Christian Fellowship Podcast for the University of Iowa, Iowa State University, and the University of Northern Iowa. So this semester, we're going to be going through the book of 1 Corinthians, uh, and it's going to be a really cool way of breaking things down. But before we get into that text, I just kind of wanted to give you a general, like, who the heck is CCF? If this is your new t- first time here, if you're completely new to us, I just kind of wanted to let you know a little bit about who we are, what we're about. Um, CCF stands for Campus Christian Fellowship, uh, and, and we talk about, like, we have this mission statement that is about engage, equip, and impact. Engage means we want to meet with students. We want to interact with you where you guys are at uh, so we can engage with you guys and so we can meet with you guys. And then equip means that we want, to, we want to teach you. We want to instruct you. We want to give the tools to not only live out life the way that Christ intends, but also for you to be able to engage with other students um, because it's not just about what Aaron and I can do as the staff people. It's what you guys do. You guys are really, uh, we view you as the campus ministers. You're the ones who can best get out, who can reach people in classrooms where they're at, uh, everywhere. And then impact is our last one. It's not only to impact the campus, but hopefully when you guys leave, you're impacting the world. Uh, we want to train you. We want to equip you. We want to get you ready so that when you're done here, that you're making a difference, making a change wherever you land um, in the future. Because there's a lot of places that you guys are going to go, and you're going to learn some really cool things at the university, which is going to give you tools as well as access other places where our ministry won't necessarily be able to go. So you can go out into all the world uh, and reach Christ wherever you end up. So that's kind of like the brief mission of who CCF is. And really, we have kind of a focus here of, of being a community um, that tries to connect you with God. But let's get into the text that we're going to be digging into, which is 1 Corinthians. Um, I'm kind of titling this semester a new lens, and that's because I think 1 Corinthians does a really cool thing. Or I should say Paul, the author of 1 Corinthians, does a really cool thing through this text. And what he does is... is he encounters a lot of problems that are happening in the, in the Corinthian church. Um, one of the things you learn as you study Corinth is they are a mess. And that's okay, because God works through messes. But they are a mess. And so Paul likes to address all these different problems that, that they're having. And then he does this cool thing where he brings this big lens called the gospel. And he says, if you view your problem through the lens of the gospel... You can see like how to respond to it and what to do. And so he uses that where every time that he brings up a problem that the Corinthians has, he pulls out the gospel lens and he uses it to find what they should do and how they should act and how they should treat people and how they should view each other even through that lens. So if you're having trouble seeing what that is, like maybe you're a person that wears glasses and you're like lenses, I get it. Like without my lenses, I can't see anything And then I put my lenses on, and it's like, oh, everything is clear, and everything, okay, this makes sense now. I understand the world. Another thing to think about is my son has this really cool, like, spy activity book thing, and it came with this, like, little magnifying glass that just has this piece of red film over it, because there's, like, this cool section where there's, like, code words that are hidden in this diagram. And so the diagram has all these 
just like red like noise, basically, like visual noise. And so there's just this red pattern that goes throughout it. But underneath it are like blue words. And so if you use that red film, like all the red just kind of blends in and those words just stick out. And then they look purple because everything's, you know, red and blue makes purple for those artistic people. Yeah, cool. Um, so the words just stand out because the red takes away all the rest of that red noise. And so it's kind of like that's what's happening when Paul's taking this gospel lens. He's trying to help them see and filter through all that noise and just focus in on what does the gospel say we should do in this situation. So they take that gospel lens to filter out all that noise and see what Jesus would do in those moments. So I've started just to dig in a little bit to 1 Corinthians, and I'm going to dig in more because I'm going to be teaching you guys a lot on Tuesday nights. And there's a lot of stuff in 1 Corinthians. And sometimes I feel like we, we underappreciate or we fail to recognize what's going on in, in ancient texts because it's speaking to a different culture than we are, like a different place, a different time, a different group of people. And so hopefully what I'm trying to do with this study is peel back some of those layers and, and get a little better feel for what the culture is like, not only in Corinth, but also from Paul's perspective. Um, because Paul has this kind of cool thing going on where he's Jewish. Yeah, Paul's met Jesus, and uh, we would eventually, you know, like they come to be known as Christians, Paul and his people and the people that follow Christ. We eventually call them Christians. Probably at this point in time when Paul's writing the letter, that word Christian isn't really used. And Paul, he spent most of his life studying Judaism and realizes that Jesus fits into this Judaism thing that he studied all his life. And not only that, but like fulfills it and completes it and, and provides all this other stuff. But then us, like thousands of years later when we're reading Paul, we've got all these Christian things in our mind. And sometimes we forget that Paul was Jewish. And that's his background. And so a lot of times when Paul's writing, he's using techniques and styles that have been in existence in the Old Testament, or he's making references back to the Old Testament. And we miss those because we've been so New Testament and Jesus-focused, which isn't a bad thing, by the way, that we miss out on all the Old Testament stuff that he's saying as well. And, and so I think the more I've, I've looked at 1 Corinthians, the more I'm convinced that there's some really cool like literary forms that are going on and, and Paul's actually adapting like standard Hebrew literary forms in order to say even more of what's going on in the text than just the words that you read. So there are times probably this semester where I'm gonna nerd out on like linguistic stuff and like Hebrew literature. Some of you guys are chuckling that have been part of CCF for a long time because you know I will totally do that. I, I like nerd out on history and like word stuff. So that's why I teach the Bible because that's where those things meet and it's beautiful and awesome and cool. I feel like we tend to be with our high tech modern society, we tend to think that we're way smarter than all the people that have lived before us. And in some ways, we are. We have greater access to information than those people could because we have, you know, the internet and the world is connected in ways that it's never been connected before. We can do cultural research and insight that Paul could only dream of, that he had to, you know, sit and live with people to learn about their cultures when we can just Google it. So we tend to have this arrogance about being smarter than these people. And sometimes when we have that arrogance, we look back on things that are written and we think they have to be simple. What I want to tell you, if there's one thing you get out from tonight, is that scripture and 1 Corinthians, I think especially, is not simple. 
Paul took a lot of time writing this letter. He took a lot of care. So we're going to try to be peeling back that stuff and find what's buried under the surface and what Paul's trying to communicate. Um, we're going to look at the surface level stuff too because that's really valuable and really important. And I think Paul's saying stuff with that, but he's also saying stuff under the surface as well. So this semester, we're really going to be digging into 1 Corinthians. So let's even try to get started here with a little bit of text. Right away, when Paul introduces himself and his audience and the letter, he says, Paul, called by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus and our brother Sosthenes, um, to the church of God that is in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints together with all those who in every place call upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours. When, whenever ancient people wrote letters like this, they had right away, who's the dude writing their letter and who is supposed to receive it? And that's always a key to trying to figure out what the letter's saying and what's going on. And so right away in verse 2, we, it's, it's Corinthians. Like we titled this right one because it's the church in Corinth. It's to the Corinthian church. But not just to the Corinthian church. Because it says, together with all those who in every place call upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So Paul does this maybe sneaky thing here where he says, this is a letter to church in Corinth and also everyone, everywhere. And I think that that gives us a little bit more context about what to do with this letter. Because as Paul is thinking through all of these things that Corinth had, all these issues, problems that Corinth has, he's saying, you know what, all the church has got problems too. They all got issues, and, and I can use what's going on in Corinth to communicate to all Christians everywhere how to deal with those problems, how to take that gospel lens and use it to, to find those practical solutions of what you should do in all of these different situations. And so I think 1 Corinthians is what's called a general letter because it's written to generally everybody. And so it's meant to circulate. It's meant to go everywhere. And so Paul writes this letter to everyone, which, by the way, I think should communicate something to us, too. Because I think we could probably count ourselves together with, with part of those who in every place call upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. All those. Yeah, I think, that's, I think that includes us. So we've got this general letter that's addressed to all the Christians. And then he says, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, grace to you and peace. Grace and peace. It's, for one, it's a really nice thing to say to someone, grace and peace to you. But also, linguistically, Paul does something pretty cool here. Because uh, grace is, is a word charis uh, in Greek. And there's this word that they tend to use in Greek to say hi in letters. Uh, it means kind of literally translated as hail. And it's kairen. You notice something there? Besides those kind of sound like Kylo Ren. Kairen, charis. Same root word. And so when he's saying grace to a lot of Greek listeners, that'll sound like hello, which is cool. And then he says peace. And if, you're, if you know things about Hebrew, when they say hello to each other, they say shalom, peace. Grace and peace. He's using a common greeting from both different language groups, which would have been the primary cultural groups that make up this church in Corinth, Greek and Hebrew. He's saying hello to both of them and reminding them just linguistically here that they need to be together. And not only that, but they're united by God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. He is our God. Because there tends to be this ongoing issue in the early church where the Jews kind of go, hey, we're the chosen people of God, so we don't need to worry about Greeks. And the Greeks are like, but Jesus, and I think we can be part of this too. And sometimes Jews are like, oh, okay. Jews like Paul go, 
heck yeah, like we want you in, the, in this. Like Greek people are awesome and all people are awesome and they should all believe in Jesus. So let's, you know, everybody jump on the bandwagon. But there's always these tensions and issues in the churches about is it just us or is it all of us or whatever. So that's Paul already within the first couple lines. Just by saying hello, he's saying you guys need to be united. Keep that in mind. And then he launches into this prayer, which is kind of a common thing again in, in ancient letters. Um, so he says, I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that was given you in Christ Jesus. That's sneaky. I would be careful if I prayed this over anyone. Because usually when you do this, like, thanks, like, thank you for this. You say, thank you for being who you are. Thank you for having such a great smile all the time. Like when you say thank you to someone, you're usually telling them thank you. But Paul here says, I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that was given you in Christ Jesus. I thank you for being a person that God has to give grace to. Well, that's not such a great thing at Thanksgiving. Paul is, uh, yeah, he's saying God's grace is abundant. Keep that in mind. Because I don't know if there's too much I can say thanks to you for. You guys are kind of a mess right now. But he keeps on praying for them. That in every way you were enriched in him in all speech and, no and all knowledge. He right away addresses two of the issues that he's actually going to cover later on in his letter. Paul kind of uses this prayer as like a, a longer introduction to, hey, here's some of the things that I'm going to address. Here's some of the things that you have issue. You're kind of you're not united. You, you kind of really uh, think you're all important with your speech and your knowledge, but all those things are gifts from God. Um, so maybe you shouldn't be so, think you're so important because of your speech and your knowledge. It comes from God. Even as the testimony about Christ was confirmed among you. That word testimony is one of those words that Paul ends up using a lot. Um, sometimes it's translated as the traditions. And so whenever Paul introduces like a new section of his letter, he reminds them of the traditions, of the testimony of Christ, of what's going on, of what Christ has been teaching. Again, introducing that big gospel lens that he wants them to look through. So that you are not lacking in any gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will sustain you to the end, guiltless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful, by whom you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. One of the neat things about this prayer is he repeatedly uses that phrase, our Lord. Remember, I said the Corinthian church was a big mess and they had a lot of problems and in a lot of ways this letter could end up being really discouraging to the Corinthians and yet throughout Paul addresses them as saints and reminds them that they are united with him under Christ that he is our Lord Jesus Christ and he says even with all your mess even with all your faults you're still part of the family and I'm not going to take that away from you and that's, I think, the really cool thing about his prayer is he talks about that, you, that, God, that Jesus will sustain you to the end, guiltless in that day. God is faithful. You were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Paul uses this prayer, like I said, to set up 1 Corinthians. He starts introducing some of the, thing, some of the themes, some of the things that he's going to talk about and, and sometimes take the church to task about. Uh, and, and next week, we're going to start digging, digging deeper, digging into more uh, of that stuff. And so the very first thing he starts addressing is that idea of unity. 
because uh, he sees problems. He sees disunity. He sees them trying to say who they're following and, and who's the coolest in the church when really they should be aligning themselves with, with Christ and let that be at their forefront. So there's a lot of things that we're going to cover in 1 Corinthians, and there's going to be nights when it's going to get really practical. Um, and so we're going to do some different things some of those nights, and, and there's going to be some really cool things. So I, I guess as we head into the semester, I want you guys to be thinking about practically, like what, what are the questions that are important for your faith walk? Like what are the things that either you struggle with or you wonder, like why does Christianity approach things this way? Why does God command us to do this as opposed to that? Um, why do like the Jews have these things about eating meat that's like a specific type and then Christians say we don't worry about that anymore? Why do Christians seem to like dismiss three-fourths of the Old Testament and say it doesn't really apply anymore? What's the deal with all of those things? Maybe you've got a lot of questions and concerns and I hope this semester we'll be able to answer some of those not only through 1 Corinthians but some of our discussion as well. As we come to our end of our time on this episode, uh, I wanted to leave you with a discussion question. So on our Tuesday nights, we do have discussion questions afterwards. And at the end of these, I want to leave you with uh, one or two of those modified uh, for you to be thinking about throughout the week. So the question for this week that I want you to think about is 1 Corinthians is a letter to all Christians and has more practical parts than some other letters. So what are some practical problems that you would like to address the semester. So I want you to think about that. I want you to think about that question that, uh, that you have that John was talking about at the, at the end of the sermon. What, what is the question that you have that you would like to explore? And, uh, and just think about that and have that in your mind. But if you want to share that, you are more than welcome to share that. So you can um, share that by, by reaching out to us uh, via email at ccf.uiowa at gmail.com. We will make sure uh, that we get on top of that. But Thanks for joining us in this time, and if you are a student at University of Iowa, Iowa State University, or University of Northern Iowa, we would love to connect in person with you.